Hello and welcome to Mean Guys, the podcast that traces two brothers' journey of self-discovery through the medium of traditionally feminine films. I'm Ben. And I'm Max. And you can usually find us delving into the cheesy rom-coms and trashy teen dramas that you have told us to watch. But this week, it's Christmas 2020, so we thought it's about time we watched Twilight. So, the mean guys are back together in the same room once again. Yeah, finally. About time. Though, to be fair, the um, the remote episode's been working pretty well. They did, yeah. I mean, Christmas has brought us together then. And that's why we're sat here today for our Christmas holidays special. Twilight, not immediately uh, jumping out as a Christmas film. Not really, no. Um, <laughs> has it got any Christmas elements? I'm not sure. I don't yeah. think so. And basically the situation is we're yet to watch it. But because we've talked about it for a while, and because it's the Christmas special, we thought we'd chat a little bit about... Um, how we uh, came to decide to watch it here and now, and what we expect from it before we come to watch it, and then we'll be back after a short break um, to tell you what we thought in the usual way. Yeah, do you know what phase the moon is in its cycle at the moment, Ben? I don't, do you think it's all... Well, it could be like a full moon, and then we could like, tie it in with that, because, you know, there's werewolves involved, right? Yeah, just scrap the whole uh, Christmas. Christmas theme at like, all. full moon special, but then it's, I have no idea what phase the moon is in. We'll have to look into that. When we come back after the break, we'll, we'll let look you know. into that. <laughs> And possibly try and kind of post hoc make it into some kind of lunar cycle theme. Yes, episode. lunar cycle special. We'll, we'll work on that. Um, so yeah, it's it's a film. I think I've wanted to watch it and wanted to build up to watching it because, like, how have we gone twenty odd years without seeing this film? Uh, yeah, I have no idea. Especially kind of me, I've you know being a fantasy fan. Especially you know I was president of my sci-fi fantasy society at uni, and it's the, the quintessential fantasy romance. Yeah, that's like kind of the crossover of your two biggest interests, I suppose, uh, in terms of this podcast and then the films you usually would choose watch. to watch normally. Yeah, yeah, definitely, it's a very big crossover. Yet neither of us has ever seen or any read. Uh, film in the Twilight franchise, or like you say, read any of the books, despite kind of hearing so much about them. Yeah, they're very kind of out there in pop culture, and I always hear them referenced. I yeah. mean, it's madness, as you say, that we haven't watched it. So before we get to uh, talking about what we hope from the films, uh, a bit about how we got to decide to watch this this winter. Um, initially, if you cast your mind back about a month back, uh, how the story started was I came up with the idea for our Christmas special, quite ambitiously wanting to do five episodes and watch all five Twilight films. Yeah, one episode for each of the Twilight movies. As part of what I dubbed the five days of twilight a kind of five days of christmas yeah and ben said the five days of christmas and i was like ben that's ridiculous there's no such thing as the five days of christmas but you know 12 days of christmas what's a number to anyone 12 5 people get the idea right that's ridiculous uh that was sort of start of december coming out of the second lockdown uh here in the uk and you're probably going to guess what's going to happen next um boris comes on the television and goes you know what, guys? I think I'm going to release the five days of Christmas, an opposite of lockdown, over five days of Christmas, Christmas in the centre. And I just looked at Ben and rolled my eyes. Yeah, the five days of Christmas in which um, you're allowed to sort of socialise suddenly was bored. And remarkably, it matched with exactly our plans for the podcast. It did. Ridiculous. Uh, so that was great. I was felt like a visionary. Then uh, the month went on. We started realising that we were quite busy over the Christmas period somehow with various other things. And so 
doing five episodes of a podcast, probably a bit ambitious. It became clear to us that five days was too many. Too many. And so I think we talked about it and then I probably made the call again as the person that edits the podcast that really, practically, we should cut it down from five to one. It was a big change, but we might as well focus all our efforts on watching what we're doing now. One, the first Twilight film. We want to bring you guys quality, not quantity, you know? (laughs) Only to be followed, I think, literally the day after... It's ridiculous. I made that decision of uh, Boris Johnson and the UK government announcing that five days was too much and that they were going to reduce it to one singular day of uh, no Anti-lockdown. Lockdown, uh, yeah, happening. well, I think Ben must be a secret advisor for the Tory government. That's that's my prediction there, well, because they're, they're kind of hearing what you're saying and then they do exactly what you do. Yeah, I mean, you might have noticed I did disappear for an odd few days uh, up north to uh, to Durham earlier in the year. No, no one really picked up Oh, is up that where that. you got your new glasses? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, oh, I see. No one, no one really mentioned it at the time. I just sort of disappeared, but... Yeah, who knows? You should have popped up north and saw me if I wasn't here. You could have said hello to me. Oh, Nothing late. Yeah, my eyes were a bit dodgy at the time. So oh, I see. You, you couldn't tell the difference. Nah, yeah, fair enough. Best okay. not really. I just came straight home. Interesting. Um, so, yeah. So that's how we decided to watch Twilight, of all things. So we're going to get to watching the film soon. But just before we do that, a quick fire round, really, I think. What do we know about Twilight? What are we expecting? Not much. I want to see... I'm hoping this is... Um, uh, Michael Sheen appears in the first movie because there's like kind of memes and things of him being like a really weird-looking character. So I want to see him. I think I can count on one hand the things I know. Um, we've got Team Edward and Team Jacob. Oh, yeah. Which one are we going to be in? That'd that's, be fun. That's a thing, which I believe you've got like Robert Pattinson involved. Yep. And who's the other one? <laughs> yep, that's a mystery to us. Right. Taylor Launtner. Oh, yes, that oh, sounds right. Pulled that from out the bag. Then we also have Bella. Bella, that's a name that I recognise briefly. Is, isn't one of Robert Patterson, one of them's a vampire and one of them's a werewolf? I, that sounds right, doesn't it? We definitely yeah. got vampires. The only other thing, um, I'm sure we'll talk about kind of vampire and werewolf lore a bit later, but one thing I do know in Twilight is that the vampires are sparkly. Sparkly, yeah, I mean, you've said this before, I don't know if they're sparkly, are they? I, that's not a thing I'm aware of as vampire law. Well, we'll see, we'll tell you what, we'll both be looking out for the sparkles when we uh, when we watch the first one. Uh, that's what I've been told. Oh, hey. and I'm waiting for this, is there like a restaurant they have dinner in or something? Oh, and then he doesn't eat anything, and then she does? And then people go to this place in America for their like for their honeymoons and things, and, and the, the man just sits there and doesn't eat anything, and the woman sits there eating everything, it's a really weird restaurant. Sounds like an odd scene. We'll, we'll be looking uh, out for that as well. Yeah, but that, to be honest, is kind of about all we know. We've yeah, got friends that back in the day were super into it. Probably, you know, have uh, distanced themselves a little bit from it now. It feels like a very teen thing. But, you know, should they be distancing from themselves? Or, or is it? does it stand up to the test of time? I don't know. I've got a couple of friends who say that it's kind of their guilty pleasure still. And still admit to it. So it might stand up. And... If there's anything we try and find on Mean Guys, it's uh, those guilty pleasures. We do love a guilty um, pleasure, so it's, people let's see if don't it want is. to admit to. So let's find out. We'll be back uh, after we've watched the first instalment of the movie franchise, Twilight. So the lion fell in love with the lamb. Sick, masochistic life. 
And we're back in the room. We are indeed. Right, we might as well dive straight into it then. What did you think? Um, the more I think about it, the less I like it, to be honest. I wasn't a big fan. The more you think about it. Well, it's only half an hour or something after we watch it, but um, it's not sitting well with you. No, I mean, it'll be even more time. Uh, like, you know, just imagine what I'll feel next week if it's, I'm already feeling like this now. Mm. But no, it, it wasn't an enjoyable film for me, really. Okay, w- what about it? Uh, wasn't great. Well, just the whole premise of kind of the, uh, you know, she shouldn't have got with Edward, this guy, but he was showing so many red flags. He was, <laughs> he literally looked at her once and went, I want to kill you. <laughs> and she went, oh, okay, let's stay with this guy. And I think it's promoting something very unhealthy <laughs> and something that made me feel very uncomfortable. <laughs> I see. I said, well, it, it must be said, uh, Edward had some some flaws. <laughs> some flaws? <laughs> some flaws. Definitely not Team Edward. I, uh, I wrote down some stuff. To, well, aside from the obvious of being constantly on the edge of wanting to kill her slash turn her into an immortal vampire, damning her to eternity, um, there was some more upper-level stuff of um, some definite gaslighting going on. Yep. Um... I mean, I found the whole uh, creeping into the window while she was sleeping. That was weird. <laughs> what? Like, it, they first they played it off as a dream, didn't they? And we were like, okay, maybe it was a dream. We we knew as viewers that it wasn't a dream, really, didn't we? We had that suspicion. But um, yeah, and it was just really creepy. Yeah, I mean, he describes it himself at one point. Um, there's the whole kind of lion and lamb comparison they make, yeah. in which he describes himself as a sick, masochistic lion. Which, uh, you know, he's somewhat self-aware. Well, he's, he's very self-aware. He kept going, just don't date me, just get away from me. And she just kept going, oh, yeah, okay, that's ha-ha-ha. I'm going to still go with you, even though you might kill me and you keep telling me to leave. I'm just going to carry on. And we should not be promoting that for any young, self-respecting woman. So you're saying it's uh, Bella's thought here for sort of falling into the trap? Oh, but... no, of course it's not Bella's <laughs> fault. I'm not blaming Bella at all, but you're I saying... think... It's the film writer's fault for writing Bella in a way that almost romanticises falling into this trap. But you're saying yourself, like, Edward's, like, waving these red flags as... Oh, as, right in her face. Exactly. <laughs> the red flags are ridiculous. I, I wrote down in my notes just red flags in capital letters because there's, so, there's red flags like, oh, there might be boring or something having a conversation on your first date. But then looking at them and going, I want to kill you. That is the most obvious red flag ever. <laughs> Okay, so you weren't caught up in the sort of teenage romance of these uh, the it vampires. Was very hard to be caught up in such a romance when it was that horrible. I don't know. Um, what did you okay. think about the film? Okay, what did I think about the film? Well, I, I shared the same thoughts about Edward um, being hard to think nicely of. Um, but I mean, I thought the film uh, at times it was enjoyable. I mean, we're talking about this amongst all the other films we've watched in this series i find it interesting to make some of those comparisons again first of all so it was released in 2008 interestingly okay. that was the same year that sex in the city and angus thongs and perfect snogging oh, all the same year? Nice. so quite a big grouping of films in this little last run of films we've watched then i sort of picked out some interesting things that we talked about in some of the previous episodes first of all the kind of meet cute happening in the parking lot in the parking lot, sure. Yeah, we, we sort of um, see a lot of these different groups. I mean, before we've talked about the kind of mean girls, different cliques. And this one, it's literally different species. Yes, yeah, so. So, so it was very evident, the cliques in this one, because, yeah, kind of the cool kind of edgy kids were the vampires. And then, well, all, all the wolf people weren't actually in the school, were they, really? We didn't see much of them, but we got a small flavour of kind of... Um, you know, they hang out near the water in their yeah. territory. 
bit outdoorsy uh, and then just the humans we almost had like the cool gang or the sort of normal human gang yeah um with well Anna Kendrick, Anna Kendrick and the yeah. other characters and exactly. Eric and stuff and well I think they were again like we were saying the other episodes just like that kind of very every every man characters you know yeah like they didn't have they weren't at the top of any social structure they weren't at the bottom they're very much in the middle you could tell that and it's quite easy to appear quite normal and usual uh in comparison to vampires and werewolves to be fair yeah to be fair it's a very <laughs> very easy um, other very typical teen drama things i pulled out the prom yeah was, ending at the prom i was gonna say that although we've got this real kind of high fantasy type um plot with vampires and werewolves it begins and ends with a prom, talk of a prom, and then the prom being at the end of the film. Yeah, well, well I, I kind of liked it, though, because at the start of the film, it's, it was something different, at least. The school was very much... It wasn't the same as lots of the big American high schools you saw. It was a bit quieter in the parking lot. It was in the middle of, like, this kind of more remote town. This is making you seem, oh, this is going to be something different. And, it was, and I really liked how they did that. And at the end bring you back to something a bit more normal the prom i think was very clever because once you now realize oh this is a town full of vampires and wolf then going into this normal kind of idea of a kind of a standard rom-com really highlights how ridiculous everything is and i thought that was really well done yeah that's one thing i will say was quite good about this like the well good or unusual certainly to watch was the kind of interplay of those more american high school moments for example you had the kind of dramatic baseball game going on with i think muse this rock song playing in the background felt all quite kind of blockbuster action but then i mean most of the film i felt is i mean it was all quite dark just literally and visually it was quite oh dark. yeah there was a kind of elements of horror throughout just kind of that creepy mm. music in the background at some points and you know always under the shade i mean it had to be quite dark because of the whole premise of the film right yeah um and just like the appearance of the characters obviously the vampires are quite pale but so is bella it's all quite kind of washed out looking compared to i mean normally in these high school films it's cheerleaders very pom-poms. bright cheerleaders all color you know pep rallies and things this was not a school with pep like i was thinking it was very more similar to things like i um, mean sex education you know that's set in england and they all wear just kind of their own clothes to school yeah and i think it was kind of in that same universe almost like a remote town that's kind of pseudo-american yeah and a sort of insular woodland kind of community yeah. where <laughs> nothing really exists outside of it you feel yeah it's all a bit weird like that i think yeah one element of the film, certainly, I want to speak about is the vampires and kind of the use of the kind of the fantasy tropes and things of vampires and werewolves and such as this. I mean, werewolves didn't appear much, did it? More, less than I thought. Yeah, less than I thought. But yeah, this is definitely your area, isn't it? The fantasy. Yeah, I mean, I've things. watched lots of Buffy and, you know, played D&D and things, so I've got some knowledge of vampires. Well, the thing is, the classic vampire was made almost as this, you know, warning it was like it was this kind of metaphor for like abuse and a warning to people saying you know they might be on the outside they might have this romantic facade but you're never going to get through that and the inside they've always got these dark feelings and this was the opposite this is much like oh bella will be able to change him with her love and i think they took the whole meaning away from vampires and how they're originally written we're talking about the other day uh, mary mary shelley and lord byron and things that was when vampires were created when they're in switzerland um lake geneva in a thing they went oh let's all write a ghost story one night and that's where mary shelley wrote frankenstein and lord byron and his friend i can't remember what his name was both writ a um vampire story and it was definitely this warning and presumably that pulls from lots of kind of 
much older ancient folklore as well. Yeah, ancient folklore, and also lots of the original vampire was modelled on Lord Byron himself as a person, because he was a very much romantic, and you know, he was a poet on the outside, but then in his relationships there was a much darker twist behind it. Okay, so maybe this sort of modern uh, picture of what we have as a vampire is kind of stemmed from that one sort of story. That one night in Lake Geneva, Switzerland, where they all wrote their ghost stories, and yeah. it was based, and everyone's based their characters loosely on Lord Byron. And it has been lost recently with like the Twilight films and things. They've been now they're now being shown as like this misunderstood character who you can change with your love, and it's a very different story. And that's not what vampires are. No, but I suppose that's stephanie mayer's take on that right well yeah but i don't think it's a take anyone should have <laughs> i mean there's, it's okay having a take but it has to be a, a one that's reasonable and doesn't encourage people getting into dangerous relationships well that could be true it'd be interesting to see how that plays out in the sort of sequels because i mean even at the end of this film edward's resisting getting into this relationship in a lot of ways so he thinks it's a bad idea he's sort of on your side isn't he yeah i mean slightly but he's still, he's, he's not doing the most to uh, get rid of it i don't want to blame bella, bella here because it's still sure. his fault but back to the point on the kind of folklore and stuff around vampires one of the things i find fascinating about them is there are some very kind of set things at least uh, yes. in kind of hollywood that we associate with uh, vampires we didn't see as many of them, I don't think, in this film. In fact, no. if I'm not mistaken, were some of them kind of deliberately played with for laughs almost? Yeah, I think so. Like, one moment I'm thinking of, the one thing, you know, I'm no fantasy buff, but I one thing I know about vampires is that they don't have a reflection. Sure, sure. And the climax is set in this sort of, almost a hall of mirrors. It is. And uh, uh, you can see them all still, right? So yeah, exactly. So they clearly they've uh, kind of gone against that piece of vampire folklore. Definitely, and well, usually when they set into well, what I know of a vampire is if they set into the sun, they die. You know, they get set set in flames in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, or um, you know, are really disadvantaged. But these guys just shine a bit, which is what I mentioned at the start, wasn't it? I knew they sparkled somehow. Turns yeah, out they sparkle in sunlight. I can't remember them sparkling in any pictures I've seen, oh. and it turns out they sparkle. I just assume when they went in sunlight, yeah, they would like die or I don't know what the official thing is but yeah in Buffy they at least I think they set in fire or just die and turn to dust or something yeah and the final bit of uh, vampire folklore that I know about that I want to raise is that they're meant to be uh, repelled by garlic right yes that that's a thing? thing which concerns me a little bit because I mean they were very clearly making Italian food for Bella in their kitchen which you know what Italian food doesn't include some sort of garlic? So that's a recipe for disaster, isn't it? Again, it might have just been them playing with it. I didn't really pick lots of these things up when I was um, watching, but it's very true. And things like there's other things with vampires. There's like the stake to the heart isn't there. There's sometimes like you can't they can't stand in running water. Oh, um, I've never heard that one. And also having to ask to get in, you need permission to get into a building. Whereas he didn't need this, did he? No, I was trying to look out for that. Unless there were some Easter eggs that I didn't spot. I don't think that was the no, case. No, he didn't need to ask permission, I don't think, for anything. So yeah. these are very different vampires than at least I'm used to. And I'm not happy about it. Hmm, vampire by name, maybe not by nature. Certainly. Okay, so shall we uh, put Twilight to our various tests? Um, it's not sort of the classic rom-com chick flick but i reckon we can judge it on the same criteria sure so first of all the tear test not really a emotional sort of sad dying film um any tears maybe romantic moments there were scenes which i thought oh if this wasn't so problematic i might have cried but yeah i just i just couldn't how about you um no nor me even the romantic bits were kind of 
quickly turned around by this kind of well this tension of whether he's going to kill her or not yeah sure <laughs> which is interesting i found that element interesting but it didn't make for a very weepy uh, sentimental film sure sure in that case next we'd normally say who you ship him have you got any ships beyond the main two well ben i am team eric team eric Eric being the, the um, Chinese one uh, who ends up getting with one of the other people to prom that uh. thing. But I thought if she had to say yes to any of them, Eric, I think she should have said yes to. You know, he, he was the first person who'd been very nice showing her around the school at the beginning. And he just seemed like a stand up guy. He wasn't brave enough to well, uh, ask one of the girls out and she'd done it for him. And he wasn't didn't have an issue with that. So he's obviously not sexist. He's just a cool dude. I, I think that's a good answer. That's a pretty good call there. I couldn't really think much beyond... Uh, the main two, but that does bring us to sort of convert in our Twilight special, who you're shipping, to who are you, Team Edward or Team Jacob? Oh, I hope I get Team Jacob. Well, first of all, who do you want to be? Who, who in your heart of hearts, do you feel you are? Well, I, I hope I'm Jacob. I, if I, if yes, I, I very much feel as if I'm much more like Jacob than Edward, and I hope most men do, and women, everybody who exists. So I was thinking the same thing. Bear in mind, we're just basing this on this first uh, film of the quintology. Quint, yeah, yeah. Quintrilogy, whatever it would be. So we don't really see much of Jacob in this film, but we kind of suss a bit of his vibe out. One thing I did uh, notice, a quick little bit of reading, everyone seems to mention that in the later films, Jacob, well, we have a description here, that he's fiery, passionate, and loves working out. Does that make you question your response a little bit? Slightly. I mean, at least he gets his hair cut in the other films, so he's a bit better looking. Sure, and also Edward is apparently quieter and likes to spend time reading books. Well, yeah, I'd rather date someone who's quieter and reads books, Ben, but not someone who is also that problematic, so it doesn't change my answer. It's certainly a trade-off. I'll uh, give you that. Okay, I'd agree with you, though. I, I, based on that film, I'm thinking I'm probably going to be Team Jacob. You know, you seem to come across pretty well, at least in this first In one. this film, yeah. But, as always, we don't know a thing. It's all about testing it on a BuzzFeed quiz. Um, I've sent one to you, Max. This isn't BuzzFeed, actually. This is the classic university publication, The Tab. Perfect. On a similar level. And uh, this one I've picked out, I checked out uh, the first few questions in a few different quizzes, of which there are many, for Team Edward, Team Jacob. This one seemed to have a good balance of like digging in deep sort of personal ones and also completely arbitrary BuzzFeed uh, Ooh, questions. Oh, nice. Nice balance. Interesting. So um, let's start. So, Ben, where are you most likely to be found on a day off? Okay, out of these options, uh, I like my food, so I'm going to say visiting a new restaurant. Oh, nice. I think I'm going to be reading and chilling at home. Cool. I like a good chill. Nice one. Let's go with those options then. Next question. Which do you prefer, fire or ice? Fire or ice. Ice I'm going to go for. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you, actually, there. I much prefer to be cold than to be hot. Yeah, and I like the winter, like the snow it represents and things as well, so whereas fire just burns you a bit. Like, Ow. Nice. So if you had to pick a breakfast meal, Ben, what breakfast meal would you pick? Got a few good options here. I'm going to go kind of very middle class and say that, given the choice, I do love a bit of avocado toast. Okay. There's not cereal as an option here. No, this is And I have cereal every day. So um, out of these, I'll go pancakes, maybe. But sometimes I've been having avocado toast at uni and stuff. I go middle class when I'm, when I'm up north. <laughs> go pancakes, though. You're, to me, you're a pancake Yeah, I'm pancakes. So um, what do you find instantly attractive in someone? 
Ooh, so this is drilling into, you know, our likes and dislikes, isn't it? Yeah. What's your response to that question? Um, I'm going to go there confident because I always say I'm attracted to people who are kind of passionate about things and you have to be confident in order to express like kind of nerdy passions. So that's confidence is the closest they've got there to like passion. Yeah, what about you? Cool. Confidence is good. Um, I think in relation to this film, I'm actually going to go with the option of the hair. We've got some interesting hairstyles going on. People always go on about Edward's hair and stuff, and that's something I think it can be uh, very attractive. So, yeah. Sure. Next question. Pick a Twilight girl to be friends with. Who do you reckon? Um, I think we're going to pick the same one, aren't we? Surely Anna Kendrick, Jessica. Jessica does seem pretty cool. I think I'm going to split for a bit of variety and go with Alice. Oh, okay. She seemed cool. She seemed pretty useful. Seems like she's going to be important for some of the later films. So. Useful, but still a bit kind of edgy. I don't know. Yeah. Okay, so let's be honest, Ben. Looks or personality? What do you prefer? It's a, it's a big question, is it? Despite going for hair in the previous one, I will say that um, it's got to be personality mainly. Same. Good. We're nice, wholesome boys, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> Next question. How do you resolve fights with your partner? Got a good, uh, good few options here. How would you do it, Lex? I like the bottom option, cry and get them to apologise. I think you would give me that one, wouldn't you? Maybe, maybe if you want to go with that. It's entirely down to you. How about you? Um, I'm going to probably plump for have a long and deep chat about your problems. tend to rub it on when there's something... Uh, well, it's probably the right thing to do, isn't it? But Possibly, possibly. Okay. We then have which supernatural power would you like to have the most? Okay, so these are very good options. I'm always asked this, like being a big comic book fan. If one says, "What super superpower do you?" I usually pick like um, teleportation, but that's not on this list. Okay, some classic options though. I'm going to go for an interesting one: turning into an animal. Nice. Always like the idea of sort of flying, so turning into a bird or something. Oh, that sounds cool. Um, I'm going to kind of do the closest there is to teleportation here and go for super speed because I think getting somewhere quickly and using it as like a weapon is always a good thing to have as a power. Sounds good. So, what were you like in school, Ben? Going to be pretty similar here. I certainly was pretty studious. I always did well in exams as an option. Uh, yeah, I'm going to pick that too, I think. None of the others fit better. That's us. And finally, which of these concepts do you find weirder? There's two options of imprinting. A random person you've never met could be your soulmate at one glance. That classic love at first sight that we get in these films. Or getting married at 18, just the concept of, yeah, getting married uh, romantically and settling down so young, which seems the most crazy and out of Um, question to you. Getting married at 18, I think, because, I don't know, you don't know who you are at 18, I can't say, I don't think you've got room for someone else in your life, personally. Well, that's from my experience. You know, I don't know who I am at 20, and I still don't think I've got room for that much of another person. How about you? Um, Yeah. True. Uh, I'm going to go with that as well. So I'm going to go with that, which brings us to our responses. Okay. I'll go first. Okay. I can reveal to you, I'm Edward. Oh, no. And by the look at your face... I'm Edward too. <laughs> no. What happened? We both thought we were Team Jacob. Yeah, well, I think we've got some issues, Ben. Maybe. That we need to sort out. <laughs> Maybe that's it. Maybe... You know, we said uh, Edward was waving his red flags. Uh, maybe, maybe that's what we just like. Maybe we've got red flags. Or maybe the tab isn't the definitive article for, you know, things such as emotional and who you like, you know. Who knows? Wow, I, t- I tell you what, winding towards the end of the, um, the podcast, 
I did say I sorted through quite a lot of um, different quizzes to choose that one. Me and Max are going to be going through all the rest of them until we get one that tells us we're Team Jacob. I think so. <laughs> Sound good? Yep. I guess on that note then, that's the end of the Christmas special. Oh, it's not a Christmas special. I just remembered, Ben. In two days' time, it is a full moon. I forgot to look into it. Full yeah, moon. Yeah, I looked into it. Oh, where's that? I got a document up and everything. So in two days' time, it's a full moon. So yippee yay yay. Um, and today, as we're doing this, we are celebrating the waxing gibbous. Interesting. That is the phase of the moon today. So this is our waxing gibbous special. Thank you very much for listening. What we need to do, do that quiz again, two days' time. The full moon will really bring out the Jacob in us. Oh, hopefully. That sounds like a plan. (laughs) Sounds good. 